Welcome to the Rooted Wings podcast. This is the table of the resistance. You are welcome here. Pull up a chair. Hello, Rooted Wings community. How is everybody today? Hope you all are doing well. I am so looking forward to this afternoon's live. Uh, I am going to be bringing on someone who's become a soul sister to me throughout this process. And many of you may know who she is. Uh, Her name is Nicole Pearson, and she is absolute brilliant California attorney. And not only is she an attorney, she's also a mom and um, a mom of two little, little ones. And um, she started her own firm and it's called Facts, Law, Truth, Justice. So some of you may already follow her on Instagram, um, but if you don't yet, then after this, make sure to go check her out. She is an attorney turned activist and she is at the forefront of this assault on our freedoms and liberties in California. We are so blessed to have her fighting on our behalf. And I am just so excited that she is going to be joining us and answering a lot of your questions. And I think she is here, not yet. Um, I'm gonna give you a little bit of background on Nicole. So the law offices of Nicole C. Pearson is passionate about four things, the facts, the law, truth, and justice, and using those to defend and preserve civil liberties and basic human rights for all. The firm is at the forefront of the fight against this assault on our children and the basic principles of limited government, checks and balances, and personal autonomy necessary for a free and healthy society. After graduating UCLA with honors, Nicole graduated from Loyola Law School as a scholar and moot court champion and began representing businesses and employers from across the globe. This girl is brilliant and she is just a dragon slayer. So I'm very excited for you all to meet her and I'm going to bring her on right now. There you are. (laughs) Okay. So every time I bring on a guest, I'm sure you're the same. I'm like, is it going to work? Is it going to work? I'm like praying. It worked. It worked. We did it. Hi. I'm so excited that you're here. We've been voice noting each other, but it's so different to like see your face and like speak contemporaneously. I know. I feel like I know you and I've known you for years, (laughs) but this is our first time actually doing this. I know. I know. I know. Oh, I'm so excited that you're joining us. I just gave everyone kind of like a brief overview of who you are, yeah. the rock star that you are, the dragon slayer that you are, the mom sleepy, that you are. Sleepy mama bear, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know. I don't think you sleep anymore. We're, no. we're on like the three-hour sleep I think you know. schedule. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But there are battles to be won right now. So yeah. we're working um, on So how did you get into law? What was, what's the deal there? Where, what led you to where you're at now? To law, I actually wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be an investigative journalist. And you can hear me. Everyone can hear me okay, right? Because yes. I have like crazy stuff that happens on my Instagram. I'm sure you do too. But Will you? Um, so I wanted to be like a journalist, a writer, and do that. And I went and started. I, that's what I studied at UCLA. Um, and I took actually a couple of law classes because you need to know the law to like know what the boundaries are. And I was really interested in it, but I just was like, I want to do more of this investigative stuff. So uh, when I went to start writing, um, I realized it's actually this dovetails exactly <laughs> with what we're talking about. It's like, that's not what I'm seeing. That's not what I'm reporting. That's not what I want to say. 
and there's this whole agenda. And I was like 20, I'm doing this internship. When I was like 19 or 20. I was just like, I'm not going to do this. Um, and so then that's when I was like, well, maybe I'll do this other kind of writing. And my grandma and my, my abuelita, I, I mentioned in my bio and my mom were like, you can write and you can advocate. And it's just like a different avenue for kind of doing the same thing that I, that I had thought I would be doing. Um, so then that's how I got into law. Um, but this is very different than what I thought it was. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be, um, I was doing first amendment, uh, law in law school. And, um, when I graduated was the crash, you know, 2008, 2009 was really bad. And so I was just started doing business litigation and, um, but you know, everything that happened led me exactly to where I am today. Like every single thing that I have ever done, including quitting like big firm jobs and telling partners to, you know, go pound sand and everything mm -hmm. has like led me to here because I'm have the experience that I have. And then I have my own firm so I can take these kinds of cases. Whereas if I was at a big firm right now, I wouldn't be able to be doing this work or I would be leaving like, you know, a six figure, uh, you know, partner track job to be taking these cases and doing the work that I'm doing. I just feel like in hindsight, I'm like, wow, this is yeah. exactly what I needed. This is, and every time I'm like, felt bad about myself for not being in these jobs. I'm like, this is exactly what needed to happen. So I can be here with you fighting this fight with you. Yeah, you are such a gift. I mean, I said that a second ago, but you are such a gift to us for this time and this crazy story that we find ourselves. You're not the typical attorney who is quiet, <laughs> kind of stands in the shadows and makes yourself like a shadow figure. No, you are pretty much out there on the front lines. Yeah, <laughs> right now. Make it fun because I'm just yeah. like not fun, but it's like, we got to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Like I, there is no time for mincing words. Like mm -hmm. I, I honestly, you know, sometimes I feel like a Debbie Downer, but I know that you feel the same way. And I feel exactly, I just feel so blessed that we have connected because you are such a, a steady, <laughs> I'm like this free <laughs> freaking out over here. And you're like this steady, calm, organized, focused force. That is just so nice to like, be partnered with to like buffer against to keep me grounded keep us focused and I like go to your your page and I'm like okay this is where we're at and the law is on our side and the yeah. constitution is on our side and 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 the history is on because I get you know I'm in the details right I'm mm -hmm. down here and I'm fighting and then I have a letter from this massive law firm from New York or London telling me that I'm wrong mm -hmm. and I'm like I'm not wrong and mm -hmm. so it's nice to have sound like the the voice of reason from you so it's I feel really um Less yeah, we have something really special. And you're in uh, Orange County area, like yeah. Los Angeles is kind of your territory, which I yeah. thought would also be interesting for our audience, because we're such a blend down here. Mm -hmm. But we are Southern California, I am downtown San Diego, yeah. up to about Orange County, and then you're Orange County up, which yeah. is, I think there's something really special going on in California. And I love that um, we're seeing this awakening happening you know, through and it's been gradual, but it's coming, you know, it's oh, something, sure. something's happening. And it's about time, because yeah. as we're going to go into, there's a lot going on right now. And that's, I guess, kind of to lead into what we're going to talk about today yeah. is at the end of the day, my hope is that this conversation is going to empower people watching who are watching it live 
mm-hmm. or who will watch it later. This yeah. will be also posted on Spotify and on YouTube. Um, so for anyone who's going to listen or watch, I want people to come away feeling empowered with the mm-hmm. truth mm-hmm. and with the law. Yeah. And to know that um, you're standing on the right side of history mm-hmm. as the resistance now, and that this is bigger than what this started as, you know, the yeah. fear in the beginning of this thing, um, we're, we're past that point now. There's yeah. something else at play now. And mm-hmm. my hope is that people will realize that and in realizing it, have hope and not fear because mm-hmm. I truly believe there is still hope. If I didn't, I wouldn't be wasting my time on this. Right. If I thought that there was no hope, I mean, I right. would go move to Idaho like we had planned a year ago and just say, forget it. But I truly believe there is hope because we have the truth on our side and we have the constitution. And so that's what I want to talk about um, okay. today. So to kind of lead into that, we have so many mandates right now coming yeah. at us um, in California. And so for those who are not in California or who are, I was yeah. even confused and I was kind of going through like, where are all these mandates coming from? We have them coming from the very tippy top. And that would be like, you know, the hundred plus for your staff. That's all you've got um, federal teachers under mm-hmm. that category. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have from um, our governor who the recall doesn't look like it's going to go through. Wait, we can hear? still be praying. We can still hear? be praying. No. In the last in the last seven days, it's gone up four percent. So okay, we well we can still be praying. By honestly, I, and I, we never t- we kind of touched on this, but like I don't know if I just like was in denial about the recall. I was like hopeful, like if it worked out, but I had was not relying on the recall. Yeah, and I was really hoping for the recall. But now that this is happening, like, I don't want to set anybody up for like false hope or whatever, but. Things are happening over there. And I have some staffs that got sent to me, that just got sent over to me, like literally right before this call, but it's gone up 4% in the last seven days. So in five weeks, that is. Well, clo- it's starting to close the gap. How do we know how many ballots are still out right now yes. to be counted? Oh, oh, I do. To be counted. I do. Um, let me see here. So um, the yes votes are $4.4 million, uh, $4.4 million, Okay. And the votes for other candidates are 6.4 million. So that means there's 2 million votes that allegedly only voted for a replacement candidate but did not vote yes or no on the recall, which doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make sense. And this, you can look it up on the website. So this is on the California Gov website. And I just want to give a shout out to Simone Alex, or well, shoot, to somebody someone. that I work with. Just someone. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) but this person has been sending this and is very in the trenches but it's on the california gov website so if you look we have all these votes for replacement candidates and they skipped over the first vote and clearly if you're voting for a replacement candidate then you're voting yes on the recall so that doesn't yeah it doesn't make any sense it makes you want to throw up but we won't get into i mean we can't there's a lot of throwing up there's a lot of throwing (laughs) very we're very thin Uh, so right now as it is with newsom's mandates we have um, all school staff has to either show proof of full injections or be tested at least once per week. This takes place. It's effective August 12th, full compliance mm-hmm. by October 15th. Mm-hmm. Then it goes on from, this is all from Newsom. Yeah. We have um, injection ver- verification for state workers, um, injections for healthcare workers, mm-hmm. the univer- universal masking in K-12 settings. Um, Medi-Cal injective incentives, yeah. we have the statewide masking recommendation. And then, so th- now we've talked federal and now we've talked governing and yeah. then on, t- then it keeps going. Yeah. So we're in it in California. Yeah. Then we have, uh, military is whole comprehensive, but then we yeah. have 
city fire, county fire, yeah. first responders, California licensing board just came out recommending pre preschoolers um, will be masked up two years old plus. And all of this is going on <laughs> against the background of our California constitution, which has the right to privacy in written into it, which is stronger than the U S constitution's right to privacy. Yep. What the heck <laughs> <laughs> you have the legal mind. And so I want you to kind of sort out in a nutshell, the difference between a mandate and a law. And then if okay. what we are seeing, everything I just covered is any of this legal. Okay. So Let's break it. When I hear it, it's so overwhelming. <laughs> I know it. I'm working it. And when I hear it all at the same time, it's so overwhelming. So um, I, you know, you're a constitutionalist. I know that you understand this. But for the viewers who don't understand, um, and, and we'll talk about federal separately, but the federal government, you know, the power is in the, it's not cliche. Mm -hmm. Really, truly, the power is in the people. We are. Amen. Uh, That's okay. right. <laughs> We're a democratic yeah. republic. Okay. We're. Uh, a constitutional democracy, but just separate from that, we are a democratic republic and, and the power is in the people and we have the power. Mm -hmm. And we, it's like we give it to someone, we don't even give it, but we, we loan you, it's a proxy for my power because I have stuff to do, but you have volunteered to be a servant mm -hmm. for us and to represent, and I don't want to use the word servant. It's very, you know. But it's true. It's 100% true. true. I use that it, term a lot. That's what they're signing up for. It's it a is, public it means, servant role. It's what it was, right? It's mm -hmm. what it's intended to be. And you have to look at these words. Um, they're not a hired hand mm -hmm. for the federal government or for the, the California. It's, it's, they are our representatives. They're supposed to represent us. So then, and, and the specific role of our, of our state governor, right? So you have the powers of the people, we elect representatives who are supposed to represent the will of the people and advocate for us because, you know, at the beginning, the founders realized we can't have even, let's just say there's 100,000 you know, colonists. We can't have them all at the Capitol trying to legislate. They re recognize we need to like have some sort of a procedure. I mean, it makes sense. You can't have everybody going to vote on every single bill. And then, of course, there are going to be people who have more access or more money who could take mm -hmm. time to go vote. You know, then you have all the, the, the issues of access and, and voting, right, even mm -hmm. at that time. So we elect these representatives. And the federal government was only, there was, you know, that you know, I think you, you are very familiar with this. And you mentioned Chris Ann Hall. Yep. Um, the Federalist, I mean, I, the Anti-Federalist papers are some of the most interesting papers I've ever read in my life when I was in, mm -hmm. in school and in law school. And, and, I and yes, and pause on that. Highly recommend everyone right now be well read in yeah. the, the history of this country. Start reading. Uh, right now I'm reading a whole amazing biography on Alexander Hamilton. Oh, and right. I just finished reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine. Yeah. Start reading yeah. our freaking history. Yeah. You're not going to know how to contend for this country if you don't know the history of it. Audible makes it so easy totally. to listen as you go, especially as moms. So many of us are moms. While you're getting ready at night, while you're yeah. doing the dishes, while you're cooking dinner, Tasha Tudor has a quote that says, just because you're a housewife doesn't mean you're stupid. You yeah. can stir jam and be reading Shakespeare. That's what we all need to be doing right now totally. is getting on top of the history of this country. Okay, carry on. No, and I, I, it's and it's really, you know, uh, she and I had a conversation before the live, just like a little loose parameters. And, and we're not here. To, like, I, as soon as you start talking about American history or what it means to be American or what it means to live in the United States of America, you get branded as like some like, you know, white supremacist, 
Trumper, you know, right wing, blah, blah, blah. I live in the United States of America. This mm -hmm. is where I live. Mm -hmm. The rules that made this country what it is were written before I came here. And they're what made this country truly one Special. of the greatest, if not the greatest countries yep. in the entire world. There yep. is a reason why people risk today, mm -hmm. today, with their children, risk life and limb to come to this country. Mm -hmm. It's not because we're like other countries. It's because we're different. That's it's right. Because of these rules that we're talking about. And you said it's like one of the greatest social science experiments, something that you said. And I was mm -hmm. like, that is true. It, is, it was a, a social science experiment. And these founders came with their history from coming from Britain. And they realized we don't want tyrannical rule. We don't want them. We don't want that. We want mm -hmm. something different. We have to represent the people, but we can't have everyone coming here to vote. Some people can't come to vote, even if they wanted to vote. So we'll have representatives. And there was this whole process, even amongst themselves debates. And they said very, very limited federal government. Yes. All the power will be in the people. All the power will be to the states who are going to represent the people. And we're going to delegate very finite, like lame, stupid. <laughs> in my mm -hmm. opinion. I mean, they're important, but they're like, they're like really mundane. They're not yeah. mundane, but it's just like stuff that is not a big deal. Like mm -hmm. in, a, in the sense that it doesn't give you that much control except for the declare war. Declare mm -hmm. war in the Congress. It's a little. That's just a big Declaring one. war is That's a big one. But I mean, it's like USPS <laughs> and then the money. Yeah. The commerce. War, yeah. You know, there's, some, there's some things that the very finite limited powers that we delegate, which yep. is a huge word. It's super important because we're give again, we're giving them those powers. But when they don't, exercise those powers appropriately it's actually the state's obligation and their fundamental right their innate right to take that power back which yep. is why the recall going back to the recall was so important we don't have a governor like other governors in this in the country who are checking the federal government and saying that's not your role that's you're overstepping and they should they should be actually there, I, do you know the 10th Amendment Center? Have you read? Are you familiar with the 10th Amendment I'm a Center? familiar, but I haven't. No, I haven't read through it. They did a great, um, they did a great podcast on this. That It's actually, you don't even have to sue. You shouldn't even have to sue the president when they do something like that. The states are like, we're just taking his power back. That's exactly, that's exactly what Chrisanne Hall has been did advocating she? for. Oh, um, yeah. She's so passionate. For those of you who haven't watched Noncompliance, it is linked in my bio at the very top because I think it's that important for everyone to watch right now. She's great. Uh, oh, gosh. And non have you seen it yet? Noncompliance? No. So you tagged it in one of my posts the other day, and I was like, what's this? And I actually, oh. you and I were messaging last night. I was kind of listening on the way back up from Marietta from that speech, and I was listening to her. I was like, yes. Yeah, yes. it's fire. She's great. And, and she fire. makes, yeah, she is fire. And she makes such a strong point. Don't you all leave and go check this out right now, finish watching this, <laughs> yeah, watch and this then you can go, then you can go back and watch it. And yes, everything will be dropped below that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but she talks about how the cre the creation is never greater than its creator. Oh yeah. People created state state by the people created federal. Mm -hmm. So there is a, a pyramid there mm -hmm. and the people are the creators of that pyramid. The people sit on the top. Yeah. So the people have the power of consent. And truly when you say the power is the people's, the yeah. power really is the people's. Yeah. The power really is. That's this beautiful experiment of self-governance is that 
we hold the power and we can, we can take power away and we can give power, but we, the creation is never greater than its creator, even in all this craziness, even in all these mandates. So what are you, what are your thoughts on all of these mandates coming down and the, the lawfulness of them? And then I want to get into, um, Jacobson versus Massachusetts and all that, but just for right now, just stay with me on the lawful, the legality of these, what we're seeing in California. I, you, can I just say one thing? If you want to live in a country, there are other countries where the power, the people don't have the power. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's really simple. And we don't want to live, we don't live in one of those countries. If you want to live in a country like that, then you should leave because that's yep. not this country. So yeah. just people need to understand there are other countries where the government is the ruler and the par- people don't have any say. And they want to come here. And they want to come here. So that's all. Okay, so these mandates. So we have... You know, the federal government, we have a governor who's not checking because technically he's like his little lap dog, so he's not going to do anything. And there have been a lot of people saying mandates are not law, mandates are not law. So typically the bills, you know, you draw, we know with the legislative session mm-hmm. that we just went through, they, they go through one house, they go through the assembly, then they go to the Senate, then they're, and they, it becomes law. And so laws are what we see on the books and what we get charged with or cited with or we, a lawsuit you know, in violation of a certain law. So mandates don't go through that same process. But in this, when you read like Aragon's order, you were just reading mm-hmm. about healthcare workers yep. and stuff. He does yep. it pursuant to section, government code sections. And all of those government code sections relate back to the, the state of emergency. Mm-hmm. So they are under the state of emergency, the California Emergency Powers Act, okay? When there is a state of emergency declared, again, another reason why the recall was so, is still yes. so important, right. is because he he activated the California Emergency State Powers Act. And under that, it gives the California Department of Public Health. This is like Jacobson. What's Mm -hmm. happening right now is like Jacobson. That's why I'm glad you brought that up. When there's a state of emergency, localities, so you can have the the Department of Public Health becomes not the Congress, but it becomes an actor that can issue emergency rules that are necessary to combat the emergency the alleged emergency. Mm-hmm. It makes sense if there's a flood or there's a fire or if there's like a tornado or, you know, if something happens, if there's like a war, then there needs to be, some, we can't wait to go through the, you saw the legislative process. It's just way too long. So, so long. So it's under the state of emergency. So all of these mandates, they're not laws because they didn't go through that legislative process, but they are mandates. They do have force and effect if they give them teeth. Right. So they didn't give them any enforcement mechanisms in the beginning. Okay, what like, do you, what do ahead. you mean by that? So in the beginning, so I'm, what I'm saying to you is under the state of emergency, the California department of health health, and then other localities. So we have like orange County, we have a local health emergency. And a right. Local, San Diego, we have a local too. And then you have, we have our orange County health department now. And, and we, we have, have San Diego. Yep. Mr. Clayton Chow, who's just like running amok. Over and we here. have Wilma Wooten. Okay. So I'm with you. you. So now we have this perpetual state of emergency where we have non-elected mm-hmm. appointed officials. Mm-hmm. And then Clayton has his friend and then has his Cal Optima. Put that on your radar. Mm-hmm. Cal Optima and Cal Optima, all his friends that he's appointing, creating all these programs and all these funds with the money that's coming from the government. And we're all like, we're done. We're no mm-hmm. more. And then issuing, oh, we're going to put masks on kids. We're not going to put masks on kids. But going back to the mandates. If there's a state of emergency, the states have the police power, 10th Amendment police power, the federal power from the federal constitution. They can implement programs, 
when it's necessary, when the conditions justify that. And it's yeah, because and I wish I had it in front of me, but I know that for that state of emergency, it, it's, it is narrowly tailored in the sense that it says it has to be withdrawn at the earliest date. There's like a, the first early opportunity. Yeah, and we are, it's like the earliest opportunity that conditions warrant. That's it. Yeah. And we, we are clearly way past that in California. But the only way for a state of emergency to be withdrawn mm -hmm. is that the governor, the governor has to withdraw it. Right. <laughs> or <laughs> the legislature has to overturn it. And That's counties can, so, and this is why we'll get to this probably at the end. It's so important for us to push back now and advocate for ourselves right now, one, because we have the power, but because if you work in your community and then you get your city to end the local emergency, in Orange County, we have Newport Beach, Yorba Linda, um, uh, San Juan Capistrano, I think Aliso Viejo, we have several cities that have ended their emergencies. If we got enough cities to flip their end, of, end their state of our local emergencies, we could get the county to flip. And then if we could get the county to flip and we got enough counties, then that would get the well, that forced them to do that. That's a lot. That's of work. huge. I actually I didn't know that. So that's yeah. um, I, I didn't realize that you could do that. Yeah. That's huge. Because yeah. then if you work and that's what I've been advocating for at this point mm -hmm. is it's, it's going to have to be local up. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really want to give hope that there's so much hope in in local up. You're not going for Goliath. You're yeah. going for the bears and the tigers. You're going for the local playground here mm -hmm. you're not going for the big kingdom you know yeah. that will fall yeah. if we can break it, it out fall. from under pull out all the bricks a hundred percent and in the meantime be empowering our, and then finding out finding our like like-minded families and our brethren and like linking arms and then creating something even better i know you and i said this i'm actually like maybe this isn't so bad Maybe this breaks and we all realize we're learning the constitution. We're learning our rights. Yes. We're learning what our elected officials are supposed to do. We're learning about state of emergencies. We're learning about what the federal government can do. And now we're like, sometimes it has to break to reset. And now mm -hmm. we create something bigger and better. I mean, maybe that's honestly, that's when you were, that's what gets me up every day. I'm like, people are waking up. Yeah. I mean, this is very empowering. Mm -hmm. so. so let, so talk, um, well, actually, let's let's stay for one second yeah, on the mandate, the mandate law. Okay. So, uh, so I get the state the of emergency, but then for the teeth, for there yes. to be teeth in uh, everything I just read through. For those of you who missed it, this is going to be posted. But all of the mandates that are coming in in California, yeah, are those what what are their teeth? Like, what if if we just say I'm not going to comply? I'm not I'm not going to do it. I, here's an example, LA Unified, and we're going to get into this in a minute, but LAU, they just passed, um, your kid has to be injected in order to go to school, mm -hmm. period. Yeah. So one of my thoughts was as parents, if we, if we get together and we say, we're going to hold the line, kind of that feeling of Ruby bridges during that civil rights era. Yeah. If we walk in with our kids and yeah. we do a mass sit in and yeah. we say, we're not leaving, we're not shooting up our kids yeah. and you're going to teach my kid period. Yeah. I'm yeah. not leaving. Yeah. What are, what's the consequence there? What, because we're dealing with a mandate that is not a law, what, what are we looking at in terms of what are we up against? Okay. So when they first came out with the mandates in the beginning of the pandemic, they were like, everyone must wear masks. And then there were certain cities like Los Angeles and even long uh, Laguna beach down here in orange County, you were, they were giving citations. Mm -hmm. So they, the localities took that right? You can get more strict as you come down. You can make more strict laws. 
And so they took the California mandate and they said, we're really going to take this seriously. They said, we need to do this, but we're actually going to get more strict in our specific locality because that's how the power goes all the way back to the people. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can get more protective, but you can't ever go, like, we're not going to do what you say. So, but most of the cities and counties weren't, were just like, we're not going to enforce it. So they were leaving up to people. So that, that's what I mean. They had no teeth. But when we started pushing back and saying, this has no teeth, this has no teeth, how are you going to enforce it? And then people started not enforcing mask rules. That's why a lot of the orders that have come recently have come with teeth. And they're saying, like, you saw 455 and you saw mm -hmm. these other ones. like, And then we're going to get the Department um, of Fair Employment Housing to come inspect you. And then we're going to give them authority to sue you. And then we're going to give them authority to sue you and get their attorney's fees and get an injunction against you. So they hear what we say. Mm -hmm. They were hearing, and so they've been tailoring the orders. And the one for um, Cal California Department of Public Health, the reopening with schools, they mm -hmm. did the same things. It's fake. The, the education codes that they cited to don't actually give the schools the authority to, to like, punish the students. It's quasi-punishment. So it's like they're going to scare you by saying we can do this, but there really is no uh, – it's a chihuahua, you know. Yes, yes. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say is, when you read when you read the mandates, they weren't mandates. Do you know what a mandate is? You're going to get the shot, or you're going to get fired. Mm -hmm. That's what a mandate is. Mm -hmm. And this is what we talked about too. Is, and I always tell people, you need to take a breath. You slow down. You literally, if you're worried about it, you need to print it out. It is worth the ink and the paper it's written on. Print it out and read it. When you read Aragon's letter or whatever order about healthcare workers, for example, it says, from here on out, all healthcare workers shall get the shot or shall test in masks. How is that a shot mandate? It's mm. not a shot mandate. It's an order that you shall get the shot or test in masks. Mm -hmm. So, but what does mainstream media say? What do we get bombarded? We get the headline. Mm -hmm. All healthcare workers have to get the shot. That's mm -hmm. not even what the law says. Mm -hmm. I really want people to understand from this live that we ultimately have the power. You're not a crazy person. You, this is your right, your fundamental right to have this power and, and demand that your elected representatives and officials do what the majority wants them to do, number one. And number two, they are lying to us every single day. Yeah. Like the, when, when the president came and said, every federal worker has to get uh, you saw this probably on Chris Ann. Oh yeah. Every every federal worker must get the shot, unless this, unless and then in a little paragraph, unless unless the law prohibits them from getting the shot. What does that mm -hmm. mean? That means that it's subject to Americans with Disabilities Act, Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act. But what does it say? All federal workers may get the shot. They and are that's why. It, to us. But that's why it's so important. What you're saying is yeah. go to the actual source. Yeah. Read the actual orders. I've been doing this for the last 18 months, and I have found the same thing you're saying is that those who want to manipulate us and mm -hmm. coerce us, they're going to extract what they want, mm -hmm. and then they're going to twist and turn that and give it just mm -hmm. little twists until you're convinced that this is law and you need to be obedient because this is what it says. But so often if you actually go to the order, you'll find, well, that's actually not what it says. Or mm -hmm. if you have any sort of constitutional framework, mm -hmm. you'll realize, well, there, there's no power there. There's well, not what they're, they're propping up a straw man to be a monster and there's no mm -hmm. real power there. So it's so important to go to the original documents. And that's what you're saying is print them out. I take highlighters. I take these little things. They are my life because I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's all it's honestly how battles are going to be won right yeah. now this is it's such a war on um free critical thinking mm -hmm. that you're going to need to yeah. think even harder than they're wanting you to think that's why they're censoring left and right because oh, totally. they it's a war on free thought it's a war on critical thinking it's a war on questioning go to original documents that's yeah. so important um okay let's talk about Jacobson, Massachusetts. So sure. this comes up a ton with all of these mandates regarding the injection is, yeah. well, Jacobson v. Massachusetts, the Supreme Court ruled that, <laughs> you know, they yeah. can come in the middle of the night and creep underneath your bed and jam a shot in your yeah. arm and yeah. call it a day. And that's legal. Like, no, I mean, really not that horrific, I, but no, they, no, no. Jacobson v. Massachusetts is often used as the defense for all of these mandates. So why don't you actually explain in a nutshell what Jacobson v. Massachusetts really was about and then why it's nothing like what we're going through right now. So that's one of the things I have printed here because I knew that was going to come up. And Jacobson versus Massachusetts is a very narrowly tailored if I seriously get this case one more time in my inbox, I'm just going to like lose my mind. I know. Jacobson versus Massachusetts is what we were just talking about. The state's police power. The states have the police power. They have the authority to implement procedures and rules and protocols to protect the public health and safety. And at that time, it was also like morals and ethics. So Jacobson versus Massachusetts was Jacobson was opposing a, uh, so Massachusetts had, uh, had, I actually want to just read you what the, yeah, what the please question do. was. The question, the question that the, the Supreme Court said, it, this is it. Mm. Before is you this, say that, what was going on at the time? So this there was, was like a small there was smallpox. There yep. was a smallpox outbreak. And so uh, Massachusetts had passed a law that its localities, its municipalities, cities and towns could implement a mandatory shot program in the event of an outbreak in order to prevent the health. It's what we have here, California. We have an emergency. So then different counties are implementing different rules and different programs to protect their people. That's what we have. So, and we have the California Department of Public Health, which is, that's what you're asking. Mm -hmm. So we have yep. California has this law. Anytime there's the, the California State Emergency Powers Act is the equivalent to the law. California State Emergency Powers Act is the equivalent of the law that Jacobson was threatening. And he was saying that that law violates the Constitution. And, and the question before the court is, is this statute, that law, is that statute that allows cities to implement mandatory shot programs in the case of an emergency so construed, inconsistent with the liberty which the Constitution of the United States secures to every person against depriva deprivation by the state? Basically, they're asking, does that statute or that law violate the Constitution and our constitutional rights? That is the, was the question before the court. And I know that you have said before we need to overturn Jacobson versus Massachusetts. And I actually don't think that we need to do that. We, it would be great, but we don't need to. We just need to apply it the way it was written and intended. So, and that's what I want you to tell us. How, what was the intention? So, so the ruling is, do the states have the police power to implement, pass laws that allow the states to protect the people during the case of emergency? Mm -hmm. I would think yes. And, or excuse me, and they say yes, and I agree. States mm -hmm. do, if you read the Constitution, you cannot be a constitutional, constitutionalist like we're trying to be or we are and say that states don't have the power. They do have the power. That's mm -hmm. what that means. But guess what? Mm -hmm. They limited that power and they said the mode and right below it. So they say, yes, it has the police power, but 
the mode and manner in which those results protecting the people are to be accomplished it, they are within the discretion of the state subject to of course that no rule prescribed by the state nor any regulation adopted by the local governments shall contravene the constitution of the United States or infringe any right or granted or secured by that instrument. Mm. A local enactment or regulation, even if based upon this acknowledged police power of the state must always yield to any right which the instrument gives or secures. They go on and on, and they talk about, too, the necessities of the case. We say necessities of the case because it might be that an acknowledged power of a local community to protect itself against an epidemic, threatening the safety of all, might be exercised in particular circumstances in such an arbitrary, unreasonable manner or go so far beyond what is reasonably required for the safety of the public that it authorizes or compels the courts to interfere for the protections of the people. What are people talking about? Jacobson versus Massachusetts says, yes, the constitution grants states the 10th amendment police power. Absolutely. I cannot mm -hmm. sit here and tell you, I love the constitution oh, and I disagree. Yep. However, mm -hmm. there have to be limits. And when the state is exceeding that police power, what we've seen in the courts right now is they're kicking the can in Indiana and justice, whatever her name, Amy, doesn't want to, it, the, the courts are compelled. If you're going to use this, this ruling, you got to read here. The courts are compelled to interfere, to ensure and to protect the, the rights of the people and ensure their rights are not getting infringed upon in the constitution. They were, this is not. It's not, not blanket. It's means. not carte blanche. This it's is not, not carte blanche. Yeah. And, and just very quickly, when you're in the law, so if I'm going to go to court, and I want to say, I want this rule to apply. And defendants are going to say, I want this rule to apply. And I'm going to say, I have these three cases that support this rule. And these are all similar. They're factually analogous to my situation. And defendants are going to say, well, I have these three cases. And those facts are more alike to our situation here that we're fighting about. So we need to apply this rule. These facts of Jacobson don't apply. So number one, the ruling is narrow. And it means that the courts need to be stepping in right now and looking at what the governor's doing and the counties are doing and the cities are doing. They need to be checking to make sure that these mandatory shot programs and mandatory masking and quarantine programs are necessary and not oppressive and not burdensome. But Jacobson is not analogous and should not be applied to the current COVID-19 pandemic situation because that was a shot program mm -hmm. that only implicated adults. Yep, bring it. Come on, let's go, go. Let's it do only, this. You got to pay $5 yep. and you didn't have to get the shot. Then you got to go about your daily life. So mm -hmm. none of this baloney where you get an exemption and then you have to double test, double mask, segregate yourself. You don't get to drink water in public. You don't get to hug anybody. You have to work in a cubicle, in a closet. I've seen mm. people working in a janitor's closet. And then the last part was those shots have been around for a hundred years. This has nothing to do with our situation. If I see this case, I will lose my mind. I cannot stand this case because that's not what it means. That's not well, it's been, essentially, it's been abused just like love your neighbor uh -huh. has been. It's the same, that same type of, we're going to manipulate you with words to make you think that this is what it is. And it's not totally. like you're, you're painting lipstick on a pig. It's, yes. that's not what, that's not what this thing is about. And that's yes. really important because anytime you hear someone say, well, it's legal, 
it's Jacobson, Massachusetts. And that's not what that case set precedent as. That was no. not the purpose of the, and it has nothing to do like what you just ran through. No kids, the shot's been there for a hundred years. Pay a $5 fine and you're fine. Yeah. That, that is nothing like, we're swimming in different waters right now. Like, like, for example, it's legal to search and seize, you know, people on the street. Police can have the right to search and seizures, right? There's search and seizure laws. You can do that. Or you can execute a warrant and go into someone's house to do an investigation. But there are very, like, that's a right that they have. But there are very limited, if you have it that they can search and seize any black person on the street. I mean, that's just an example. That's a law right? Like the law, the state power law to enact these things that is being implemented in an unlawful way. So yeah, the premise is there. The premise but you is can't that, use it wrong. You can't use it wrong. You mm -hmm. can't use it illegally in violations mm -hmm. of other people's rights. Well, well and that's, that's uh, Jacobson puts that restraint in there there, that you have to yield, this you know, it's why, written right there. When I, when someone says to me, one of my best friends sent it to me that her brother-in-law and she's like, I'm like, I'm coming at him. She's like, can you find like a nice way for me to respond to him, I'm like, tell him to read it. Mm. Tell him to read the, the, the opinion. Because if he read that, he couldn't stay straight to your face that this applies to govern the situation here. And I'll post that below too, so that people can actually, because that's what we're, we're talking about. Read, mm -hmm. you, need to, you need to read. Going into reading, there's data. So oh, I just gosh. looked up, I didn't realize since my last live, for those of you who joined on the last live with um, the firefighter, and if you didn't watch it, you need to watch it after this is over. But um, at the VAERS data, the numbers have jumped again. And I was shocked. I know if you're listening, instead of watching, if you're on Spotify, you're not going to see this. But um, this graph is so incredibly concerning. This is straight <sighs> off of openvares.com. But um, the all deaths reported to VAERS by years, this jump right here is 2021. This goes all the way back to 1990, you guys. It's this, it, it is horrifying. And I was looking at the actual numbers as I was prepping for this. We're at now 701,559 reports through September 10th. You can't say that every single one is absolutely attribu attributed by. So their causation doesn't, or correlation doesn't, Right. automatically say causation, causation, but it does mm -hmm. demand investigation. We're at 14,925 death reports, 60,741 hospitalization reports, 80,393 urgent care. It, the numbers just keep on going. Anaphylaxis, five, almost 6,000. And the numbers just keep going. And we know that VAERS is extreme, extremely underreported. Mm -hmm. So in all of this, we, we also have to take into account that with these mandates, there's risk involved. This mm -hmm. is not just, just go have a lollipop. That's your mandate. Right. There's actual risk that we're seeing in real time. And these mandates are being put out, carte blanche on our first, um, our, our first responders, our mm -hmm. firefighters, yeah. our healthcare workers. What, where is this all headed? What do you see without getting conspiracy? And I know you're not <laughs> conspiratorial, but I think that you're also grounded in reality and as am I, and I am very concerned when we're seeing things like you and I were talking about Israel, for example. So Israel has the green pass and we saw that Israel's, um, their injection pass is going to expire six months after the second dose, meaning people are going to need to keep 
these booster shots going in order for their green pass to continue to be valid. So they are now putting expiration dots, you guys, on their injection passes in Israel. And Israel is ahead of us. We are following Israel's footsteps. Um, the booster shot needs to be received within five months of the second dose to extend yeah. the pass validity by, uh, by six months. This was the first country on earth to fully inject a majority of its citizens. And they're at the highest case rate right now. They have, uh, and it just continues to double. Yeah. So we see that. And then to go a step further, we had, I don't know if anyone has looked at um, Michael Yeadon. He was the, um, yeah. I just, I lost his paper right Pfizer. here. He, oh. was, he was a Pfizer. He was the, he was um, C one of the execs at Pfizer. Yeah. He was the chief scientist at Pfizer. And he cautioned that this is a slippery slope of civil liberties and human rights that are eroding under these passports, these mandates. And he was saying that what is, um, this is what's going to take over your life in a way that George Orwell in 1984 didn't even dream of. Yeah. Um, and then we have China and what China has, this social credit scoring that is, you and I have talked about this and I don't want to go off the deep end, but the reason why I want to go broad picture for a minute is so people can realize the severity of where this is headed and that this doesn't end with a mask. This doesn't end with two weeks. This doesn't end with a little injection card that looks cute yeah. and gets you into a bar. This, this <laughs> is headed somewhere far more dangerous. So what are, with all of this, it's, it's overwhelming yeah. where we're heading and where this beautiful free nation is quickly headed, like being thrust into yeah. in light of all of this. So how do we now, if we, we've looked big picture, now we zoom in, we take a breath. Mm -hmm. How do we fight back now to actually affect change so that our children don't grow up in what used to be America and now looks a whole lot like China? What, how can we resist and hold the line right now? Well, I think what you just said, and that's been a really big thing for me, um, is that is that perspective because it, this is not, I really, maybe we should have led with this. Um, but not really, we needed the foundation, but this is not an issue about the shots and who has the shot. This is not about left or right or Joe or Donald or even the recall. Well, there is a little bit about the recall, but this is not an issue. This is a, every single person in this country will be required to have a digital identification in order to live their daily lives that is given to them and turned on and off by the government. That's it. I don't care if you're on your 14th booster. Are you ready to have your kids have the jab? Are you ready to have the government not only tracking at your movements, right? Because you're going to have to scan it to get on the subway. You're going to have to scan it to get on the bus. That's what Scotland's doing right now. You're, you're going to have to, okay, scan it to go to the gym. Yep. You're going to have to scan it to get money out of the bank. You're going to have to, and we already use our phones, right? We already use them to do the Apple Pay and we already use them. But this is a different system. And this has nothing to do with the shot because number one, it had to do with your health. Or it had nothing to do with your health, excuse me, and the shots because if it did, they wouldn't be giving you donuts to give them mm -hmm. to you. Okay, number one, just can we just call a spade a spade? It has nothing to do with your health when I'm giving you free Krispy Kremes for life because I'm worried about your health, number one. Number two, we wouldn't be ushering so desperately these digital proof of you know, verification systems. And that's why they've gotten so aggressive with the mandates because I think they got really close 
And now we're all at the same time while the, they're coming down super fast, we are waking up just as fast because they're coming down. So it's just like this really crazy, vicious cycle. We have to understand that it has nothing to do with the shots and what they're trying to do is get us onto this system. Otherwise they wouldn't be trying as hard as they are. And I want to emphasize that too, because when you talk to people about this, you need to talk to people who have the shot because those people don't want to be in that system either. And a lot of our, I'm sure you have friends with kids too, who are like, I got the shot, but I don't want my kids to get the shot. I don't know what that data looks for them in five years, in 10 years or whatever many years, or I want to get this shot. I don't want to get the booster or I had a kind of bad reaction to the original shots. Like I'm not stoked to get the boost. Guess what? Once your data, your card, your digital proof of whatever, your little image is in the system and this in system is operating, there's no way out. There is, how are we going to get back? There's a phrase that it's easier to cling to your freedoms than to try and claw them back. And I think it's such mm. a visceral, you know, a visual, a good visual to have that we need to cling to them because once they have implemented the system, we're done. Where mm. are we going to go? How are we going to get that back? That's what this is about. And you need to open the discussion to people who have the shots. You meet them at the rallies. They're like, I'm pro-vax. I'm anti-mandates. I'm pro-vax. I'm anti a digital government tracking system because that's what it is. Who mm -hmm. wants to be in that system? Because they can, as, as much as they can give you access, they can take it away. Yeah. Like, like that. You're absolutely right. And that's what we're seeing with Israel where it's like, well, it wasn't good enough. Now mm -hmm. you're on, but now you're on the hook. Now you're, you're, in you're, the you're in the system, you're on the hook. And that's what I keep telling people too, is like, as soon as you give up ground, like it's so much harder to come back on, a, yeah. on the fight, on the battleground. Cause you've yeah. given, you've given that up. Okay. So here's what I want to do because it's going to kick me off in five minutes, okay. but I want to continue this conversation. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, so do you mind if I, um, exit it now, I'm going to post this real quick and then can we come back on in five minutes and we can yeah. wrap this up for probably like, 20 more minutes and yeah. talk about the practice because we've kind of set the oh, scene yeah. now yeah, yeah. of what's at stake of why this is serious and how the constitution is truly on our side. But what I want to do in the next, um, the next part, so it'll be a two part, which is cool yeah. is um, give people yeah. the practical ways to actual um, to actually affect change. And I don't want to rush it. I was looking at the clock. I'm like, yeah. I'd rather just, so is that okay if we yeah, come back on in five minutes? That'll give I'm me here. time to post this. Okay, perfect. I'm going to post it and then um, I'll text you and then we'll go live again, guys, in five minutes to give you guys the practical tools <laughs> to be the resistance, to stand your ground and to push back and to see this battle won because yeah. we, we are on the right side of history. So we will be back with you guys in five minutes. Perfect. Sounds good. Okay. See you in Bye. five. Thank you for joining us at the Table of the Resistance on the Rooted Wings podcast.